Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by trichologist Claire Fulham, chatting all things hair loss. I remember then going, I'm losing a bit more hair, like I could see hair everywhere, it was all over my desk and work, everywhere. So I went to my GP, she found five big patches on my scalp, one the size of my fist. So I was like, right, what am I going to do about this? Give me a plan. She just looked me dead in the eye and said, there's nothing you can do. I went on a list for dermatologists. She had a cancellation and she very quickly said, yes, you have alopecia areata. As ever available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Sometimes you just go out and do it and you just have to say, right lads, what does all of this mean to us? You know, what does the years of training, the long winter nights, all that lifting and all the sacrifices and choices you make, it all comes down to this. And I think sometimes it can be very much, you know, blood and guts really. But sometimes it's just going to be, it's you or him. Hello and welcome to the Throw and Hurling Show. I'm Sinead Kassan sitting in for Michael Burney. We are looking ahead to the double header of All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinals at the Gale Grounds in Limerick on Saturday. At four o'clock, it's Clare against Dublin. At a quarter past six, it's Galway against Tipperary. John Milan and Eddie Brennan are here. We'll start with Galway and Tip. Firstly, John, what stands out to you about this rivalry? I suppose, look, most recent times, I suppose... Uh... I suppose you go back to the Joe Cannon, Parik Maher, Brendan Maher era, I suppose, you know, where you had those epic games, 2017, 2016, uh, 20, 2015, memory serves you correct, Tipperary beat him well, and uh, no, 2014, sorry, Tipperary beat him well in, in, in Turles, and then Tipper, uh, was a goal we beat him in 2015, Tip came back and beat him in 16, and then we had that, no unbelievable by point by by Joe in in seventeen that uh, snatched the game for for, for Galway. But look, it goes right back for me. I suppose it goes back to you know the late eighties. You know when you had your John Laddie, John Laddies, your Nicky Englishes, your Pad Foxes, your No Lane. You know remember No Lane coming on in nineteen eighty eight, getting that goal, and probably the recent kind of rivalry is kind of probably built off of those games back in back in the 80s you know when, when Galway were going for the three in a row in 80, 89 and Tipperary stopped them uh, you know and I suppose it's been a follow on and I suppose there's one thing I think since since 1989 I don't think either county has won three times in a row I heard that stat during the week now that's not good reading for Galway because Galway have won the, the last two games so I think I think back since the since that rivalry back in the eighties, uh, that'll, that'll tell you how close these games have been. That no one county has kind of got dominated the fixture where they've pushed on and won three times in a row. So, and I think we're going to have the same, the exact same the weekend. I think we're going to have a real tight, close encounter. And I, for me, I think it's going to be it's going to be a free scoring game. I think it's going to be you know what always forwards do against Tipperary's forwards. 
you know, both back lines are probably struggling at the, at the present moment of time. And I think it's probably it's probably going to come down to, you know, if, if we're going to give a prediction, which which forward line would you have the faith in? Which forward line would you have the total trust in to go and get the job done the weekend? Um, and for me, I probably would lean towards Tipperary. Um, Eddie, you said in your Indo column on Monday that Tipperary's game plan will be simple. They'll go for goals. And look, uh, you know, they would have seen the way Kilkenny cut Galway apart in the Leinster final. And, you know, the tip forwards will feel there's gaps there in that Galway defence that they can exploit uh, this weekend on Saturday. I think it's it's down to whichever forward unit can do the damage. But ultimately, then it's going to be whichever defensive unit can kind of hold the opposition. So I think therein lies the key because I think. Galway showed the last day, you know, peeling him out of the wing and rotate from wing to wing, the harm he done. And it's something that I think if I'm in Henry's shoes, you know, that would have been a conundrum for the last two years. How can we get Conor Whelan to do that kind of harm? Because we all know he's capable of that. So it's then the supporting cast around him that can chip in. And, and I think the worry probably is that the likes of Conor Cooney's form seems to have really dissipated this season, I mean, he's had a lot of campaigns in this club, so he's, you know, he's a guy that has been a pillar for Galway. But I definitely think they need a few more lads to step up. But uh, for me, you know, they will look at that and say the ease at which Kilkenny seemed to come down the middle for for three of those goals um, will will be a huge concern for Henry. So um, it'd be interesting to see. You know, the other thing I kind of felt is we've never really seen them go with sweepers either. So will one of them decide that they're going to keep this nice and tight at the start and trust that they can kind of, with that extra man, maybe deliver quality to the to the, the shortage of numbers inside? But, uh, you know, you have two guys there and maybe the likes of Ronan Maher and Parik Mannion who are capable of playing that and probably hurting the opposition. So it'll be interesting to see, but uh, I think I just see, in fairness, after... I'm not going to rob the stat, but I suppose I better quote the man they use. But I just see Shane Stableton saying that of the 17 championship matches that Tip have played Galway since 2000 and, or since 1988-7, on 11 occasions, there's only been a pocket of ball between them. So therein, you know, John mentioned how tight the games are, those epic games. I think 2010 was another massive game that Galway looked to have and then Tip pulled it out of the bag at the end. So there's always been a puck of a ball and I think uh, the Joe Canning one stands out for me as well as another one. Uh, I think even the 15 one was probably significant because I think that Tipperary team really had their eyes fixated on Kilkenny and they just got caught by Galway. But the following year, then they got what they wanted. So uh, we're in for an exciting game. Um, I'm looking forward to to see will the will tactics go out the window because John said it there. It could be. Tip seems to be their form this year, bar the Limerick match, maybe the, the Wharf match to an extent has been, they go get scores and they try restricted at the back. They haven't been successful at that really on a consistent level that would please Liam Cahill. So I think his focus will be forwards do what you do, but our backs, I would imagine, maybe circle them into a small room together and have a little prod at the backs and say, lads, we need you to step up today. We need you to keep it tight. And for me, it's going to come down to whichever defensive unit maybe can restrict the opposition. And what do you reckon like Henry Shefflin would have to do, like John, um, like personnel changes, tactical changes, as Eddie mentioned there, you know, you know, usually no sweeper. What are they going to have to do to to keep keep a tight defense? Well, I suppose you, you see the role of uh, Carl Mannion at the moment. Like, like he, he's not he's not an out-and-out sweeper, but he's kind of going back nearly as a, as a third midfielder. It will be very, very interesting, you know, 
will he persist with with that role, or will he push Carl Mannion up? For me, I think with Connor Cooney's form after dipping, I'd be pushing Carl Mannion back up. I'd push him into number eleven. I'd be putting Saint Desipareri. But look, there you are, Ronan Mar or Brian Amara. If you want to sit back and sit back in the D, you know. Paul Mannion can pick you off for, for four or five points. That's what I would be doing with, with the first one. The second one, I would probably put Dottie Burke back on the edge of the back on the edge of the square. I know he's he's playing very well at uh, centre back. I'd move McInerney out of centre back. The other one then is is you know Jake Morris is in the form of his life. He's an all star form as as we touched on last two weeks ago. His game is he's, has elevators just onto a totally totally different level he's 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 playing at the moment where he's just he's just on Markville so who's who's Henry going to de- deploy to go and mark him does he have the trust in Grealish or does he have the trust in Morrissey to go and pick up Jake Morris because we've seen the last day you know he put Porrick Mannion back on own Cody it didn't work well I wouldn't say it didn't work but it took from 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 Galway's game by by putting Porrick Mannion back in the corner. And I just think probably Henry has to have a, a, a small bit more trust in in his in his uh, in his defensive in his defensive unit. Will he play an out and out sweeper? I don't think he I don't think he will. Uh I think he'll try and get the get the matchups right. I think a big player for big player for Galway the weekend is, is possibly going to be Finton Burke. And I think from from Henry's for, for Henry he's just got to get more out of the likes of you know if he does start the likes of Connor Cooney, the likes of Thomas Monaghan, uh, jo- Joseph Joseph Cooney, who was who was very very good up to up, up to the Kilkenny game. He's got to get more out of his forward division. You look at the last day, one eighteen came off the back of of Evan Nyland and, and Connor Whelan. And if he can if he can if he can muster all that together, they'll be right there. They'll be right there in the end, you know. And even Kevin Cooney picked off you know a score or two, but I think just on that, John. If you were to sit down and kind of assess what Henry has done with Galway, it's straightforward enough. There's there's, there's no real. You're, do you know the way you're seeing? Uh, we'll say a lad drop back or midfielders drop. Like everyone does that kind of anyway. They have to be working, but I, I I still don't see what like it's it's very straightforward. You look at last year. How did they get the in against Limerick? They went fairly straight up. Man marking. You said it there. Got his matchups right, and and I think. If you were to assess maybe where he is at the moment, I, do, I don't think there's that. There's no curveballs that come from him in terms of a tactic. Like yeah, the last the last day putting Weed in a wing forward, but it's straightforward enough. He's 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 looking at getting the matchups, winning the battles is what it is straight up. Like going into this match as well, it's it's you know emotionally where will Galway be at after after that defeat two weeks ago? Like like, like I'll take you back two thousand and four. You were in the exact same position, Eddie. Like when you, when Michael Jacob hit you for that goal, and you know, famously Brian Cody hit, hit the ground. How did you, how did you recover in the aftermath of that? And, and I'm sure what way, what way would Henry's approach have been the last, the last two weeks? Because I'm sure there'd be a couple of Galway players would have been fairly low, and probably would be going to Henry and asking, asking the question. Well, look, how, what was the recovery process for you? I suppose on that point, it's it's maybe a different set of circumstances because, you know, when you look at that this Galway team, they're probably coming through a little bit of a transition. Like Henry has had, you know, a couple of his, his senior crew and then the lads he's bringing through. So 
I think your 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 point is well made, John. That's the question mark, and that's maybe the challenge that he's going to throw down to him, saying that look that that Galway hurling needs going forward into the future. They need a lot of their younger crew to step up, and that guy that you spoke about there, I think as well, he's a guy that does question marks over, and that's Cahill Mannion. I think, I think we all know what he's capable. He's one of the most skillful hurlers I've seen. He's beautiful striker the ball when he's dialed in. He's serious. But he's no good to Galway back in their own half, I think. I think I, I'd, I'd love him up the field. You'd love him to be, like you said there, that's going to pose a question to Tip. But personally, for Cahill Mannion, you know, I haven't seen him deliver an all-star season for Galway yet. And I think they need him to really put a big performance in because if he can supplement Whelan, Galway are going to be hard to stop. Nyland then hits all the frees that come his way. You're now having, look, if Whelan even chips in with four or five points, get three or four out of Cahill Mannion, and then Nyland hits his 10 or 12, you're just looking for small contributions from your other fellas then, and suddenly you're, you, you know, you're in a game. Uh, but I do think Cahill, Cahill Mannion needs a big performance for Galway if they are to get over the line. And, and Eddie, like, how is Henry going to deal with how Galway have mentally checked out of games that we've seen in the last uh, two occasions? I mean, that seven-point uh, deficit on against Kilkenny, 12 points against Dublin. There's that consistent inconsistency there. And, you know, if they let that hole happen against Tip, Tip are likely to shut that door. So how does Henry make sure that they don't have a lapse of concentration in this game because they just simply can't afford to have it? Well, I think when you're staring down the barrel of a gun, Sinead, and this is this is last chance saloon, um, this is it, like your year and and the last two years, you know, it's all on the line now for Galway. Like it's it's this is it now. It's 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 they have to deliver and, and you're gonna find out whether you know the caliber of fellas you have because I think sometimes you you look at all your tactical stuff and you look at everything, but sometimes there are no more lives. There are no more. Like you think of that Nike ad, sometimes you just go out and do it. And you just have to say, right, lads, what does all of this mean to us? You know, what does the the years of training, the, the, the long winter nights, all that lifting and all the sacrifices and choice you make, it all comes down to this. And I think sometimes it can be very much, you know, blood and guts, really. And John has experienced this. Yeah, you have game plans and you want to do certain things, you target opposition, maybe whatever that is, or we hook out strategies. But sometimes it's just going to be, it's you or him and, and you look your man in the eye. And I think that's what Henry will probably roll with with this Sunday. I think he will throw that gauntlet down to the Galway lads. And I've said it umpteen times and I've experienced it. And John maybe can, can talk about this as well. Any time that Galway have beaten me when I was playing through my career, they came with fire, they came with passion, they came with real raw aggression. And I think that's what Henry will demand of the lads on Sunday. I think they have to be, you know, like maniacs going around the pitch because that is the only way they're going to match up with Tip. And to address your point and your key question there, Sinead, I think it's bringing that for the first five, six minutes and then it's every ball, get to half time, and then we reassess and come in. I think you're 100% with that question. If Galway dip and they allow Tipperary get a foothold in this match, I really think that this Tipperary team are a confidence team. They've had a good, strong season, maybe against the odds a little bit, a few little dips. But I think if they sniff uh, that there's, there's any little bit of softness in this Galway team. And also, I think the last thing I'll say is Tipperary are a, are a kind of a crowd that, you know, they're obviously our neighbours and my fierce rivalry. 
But they've they've a nose for the big days, and I think they now have a sniff that if they can get over this hurdle, they now have a, an all-in battle with Limerick, who are minus Declan Hannan, minus Sean Finn, maybe not as strong as everyone thought. And I think that's a huge incentive for them in Croke Park. I mean, Tipper never, never, they never shy away from the confidence and the belief they would have in themselves in Croke Park on an All-Ireland semi-final. But they obviously have a huge hurdle to pass I, I think in contrast to last year, Sinead, it was probably far easier for Henry to pick up his team, albeit off the back of, a, of, of, of being well beaten in the Leinster final last year. And, you know, you've been there before, Eddie. I think it's, 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 it's far easier to, to say to lads, well, lads, look, come on, we're being written off. You're at a low ebb. We've nothing to lose, you know, and the only way is up. But, in contrast to this year where, you know, they realistically probably should have won that Leinster final. So, and I, and I think it's probably going to be a big one for the Galway players as well because, you know, who's to say that Henry, if, if Galway were to be beaten Sunday, that Henry might say, well, you know what, I'm not seeing enough, I'm not seeing enough of this team to say, you know, am, am I going to commit, travel up the road, three-hour journey, you know, probably a six-hour return trip you know, probably two or three times a, a week with, with, with such a young family, he might say to himself, well, look, I, I, I don't think there's, a, there's an all-earned in this team. You use the, the word transition. Maybe maybe he, Henry might be a bit unlucky that, you know, he's probably taken this Galway team possibly, I wouldn't say at the wrong wrong time, but maybe, you know, with, with Joe, Joe retiring and they're after winning their all-earned and an awful lot of these these lads are, are pushing on. So I think it's a big one for for those Galway players to say, well, look, lads, we need to, we need to give something back to Henry that you know that will make him commit for for year three. And look, the reality of it is, if they were to be Tipperary, you're touching it on it there, Eddie. Galway would would most certainly fancy, you know, uh, taking on a Limerick team minus the Declan Allen, minus the Sean Finn. We don't know where where Keen Lynch is at. Then all of a sudden, they're saying, lads, we missed out on one medal. But we've an opportunity of winning, you know, the biggest prize of all. So that's what makes this fixture so interesting the weekend. What about that on Henry as uh, John raised there? Do, there is a kind of a feeling here, and this might bring out the best in Galway as well. That maybe Henry Shefflin's time is just on the precipice here with Galway if they do lose on Saturday. Yeah, it's 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 mad that we're talking about that kind of so early in the middle of summer, but that's the reality. Like, I mean. I understand from recollection it was two years with a view to go on a third, I think, was was what it was. And yeah, look, I think John said there's a lot of circumstances surround the 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 on-pitch stuff, um, you know, the travel, all those little bits and pieces. But I think if you're looking at consolidating something or 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 going again, because obviously the continuity is important, it's it's potentially a new man coming in. But I think the Galway players and it, like they'll want to say, look. There's something here to build with. If we give it our all and we come up just barely short, then there's something that you go, okay, there's something here. There's a strong 20, a decent 20 team there. There's a couple of minors. But again, um, I think the, the, the players, and even for themselves, look, the reality is they the window is narrowing for a few of these guys. Um, I suppose I'd have reservations who would be the stronger team to take on Limerick if they got through. I'm not so sure about Galway, but... 
sport is funny, hurling is funny. We all talk coming out of the league final that Limerick were going to have a procession and it didn't happen. So, um, like John said there, you get a win, you get a performance, suddenly confidence starts flying through that team. But, uh, yeah, and, and that's something that's going to be come into question afterwards, the story with Henry. I think that'll be something he'll have to do probably a lot of thinking himself. But I think if he gets over over Sunday, like, I mean, it's a, it's a great incentive for them. Yeah, who do you think, John? Who who would come out of this that would put up put it up best to Limerick? I mean, we know that Tipperary obviously drew uh, with Limerick earlier in the championship. I said to you early on in the, in the you know coming to the latter stages of the league, I said the longer Tipperary can stay in this championship under Liam Cattle and Bevins, the more dangerous they're going to be. And I was up at the game up and awfully, albeit you know they were poised apart in regards where where they're at in their in, in their journeys, but. Score seven thirty eight, you know, and some of their link play, you know, some of the running off the shoulder, back thinking goals, creating goals. They so are back to the Tipperary of, of where we seen in the Munster Championship, full of energy, full of running. You know, they have the couple of players then to come off the bench. You know, will he start Callan in the weekend? If he doesn't, will he hold him? You have the likes of your John McGrath or Connor Bow. Uh, the likelihood is Bonner and Carl Barrett will be okay and Eddie touched on it if they can if they can tidy up at the back I think they have the firepower I think from 8 to 15 up I think they are, they have the firepower and are best equipped to go on and take on Limerick and probably probably if you're going to probably take out Limerick the next game might be the one where you're going to take him out you know minus Sean Finn and possibly Declan Hannon and look we still don't know where Keane Lynch is at you know I mean, after the league, I was probably one of those lads that fell into the category of saying that, you know, this Limerick team are, you may as well, this Limerick team are, are, are unstoppable. Well, like we, we, we all did, like, and that's, that's, you know, we, we were only, we were, we were only, we were only given a verdict on what, what our eyes were seeing. And, and look, the, the reality of it is, if, if you had a fit Keen Lynch right at it, if you would have fit Declan Hannon right at it, if you would have fit Sean Finn right at it, and, and if Limerick are at it, they're going to win the All-Ireland. But those are three big losses. And I think the likes of a Tipperary, you know, will be looking on, the likes of Liam Callow will be looking on, this could be a cracking opportunity, lads, but we've won big hurdle to jump before we can have a crack of, of, of Limerick. Yeah, so you're going for tip, John. Eddie? Yeah, I, 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 I give them the marginal nod, I think. Um, we're just probably seeing... I think we're seeing better uh, overall consistency, maybe through 70, 75 minutes from Tip. I think, yeah, look, they had the dip against Waterford, which, you know, was was possibly coming on the back of the, the heavy scalping against Limerick. But as we as we said earlier, Galway have given themselves serious holes to get out of in most of their matches, like 12 points down, 8 points down. Same against Kilkenny, they went in Northern Park, they went down a fair few. They've clawed it back. So I think it's vital for Galway that they do not let this Tipperary team, because this Tipperary team, more than and more than most other teams, I think, in the country, the one thing with Tipperary is if they get a sniff that the opposition are up, they seem to just accelerate over it. Like, they get a goal, they could tap up on that two or three times. That's what they're capable of. So I'm going to give them the, the slight nod, but if Galway are going to do this, they need to be getting, they get their nose out in front. They need to be making the early running with Tip. They cannot afford to let Tip get into this match. Tip get into it then, I think. We might see Tip getting home by five or six, but as John said there, it looks very much like it could be either way. 
Yeah, oh, it should be a cracker. Now, before that game, obviously, at the Gaelic Grounds, we've got Clare against Dublin. Um, will the last two weeks for Clare, John, have just been spent just trying to shake off so many of those regrets from that Munster final? I'd say the last two weeks would have been taking the learnings from where things went wrong in the aftermath of last year's Munster final because, you know, it's it's very similar to where, where they were at last year in regards what way their, their, their training would have, have played out, their training schedule, the two-week gap from the Munster final and the two-week gap to a, a potential semi-final. So, would they be recovering from from that Munster final? I think they're in a far greater place in the aftermath of this Munster final in, in comparison to last year's Munster final. And I, and I touched on it two weeks ago. I think there's probably a strong belief within that group that Lads, get over Dublin. You know, a, a rematch with with Kilkenny, and 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 the whole thing could could open up for us. And I think you know, as I touched on, I think Brian Lone, you know, he will be saying, lads, we are good enough to push on and and, and win the All Ireland. As I touched on last year, you know, they had to go and have a ding dong battle against Limerick last year in 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 Cusick Park. Then they had to go extra time in the in the Munster final and. Were the energy reserves there for an all in series? From what my eyes were seeing, they weren't. But I think this year, I think even you look at their panel depth, the players that they have coming off the bench, you know, if if they're missing a player, they're probably able to able to deal. Now, look, you can touch on that, the deal with the, the loss of, of, of Connor Cleary, Cleary too well. But, you know, you have the likes of Shannon Amori who will possibly come back in the weekend. And I think, the big one last year is that, you know, they were missing they were missing John Conlon for that uh, for that for that Kilkenny fixture. But yeah, I just think they're in a you know, in contrast to twelve months ago, I think they're in a very, very good place going into this fixture. And look, Brian Lone will be banging the drum, the lads, look, we cannot be looking any any further than this Dublin fixture. We cannot be looking, you know, of uh playing the rematch Kilkenny, looking at the rematch against Kilkenny. We've got to get the job done. We've got to show me all Dono and this Dublin team the ultimate respect. And I think they will. And I think if if, if Clare bring their A game the weekend, things things should take care of itself, you know. Yeah, and like I think the expectation is, you know, that Clare will do job. But Eddie, you're put yourself in Mihal Donahue's shoes. What are you saying to those Dubs players where they can get at Clare uh, on Saturday? Because as I said, the expectation is that Clare that Clare will win. I think it's it's a fair comment to say that we all expect Clare to prevail in that match. So, for Michal Dunhu's point of view, you know, he, he obviously has plenty of opportunity to say to the lads, look, we're being completely written off here. Um, it's it's it, it'd be some it's it's an incentive here. Look, we're we're outsiders, we're underdogs. God wouldn't we wouldn't we shake up the hurling world a little bit? And he might even be drumming it into the boys saying, too, look, lads, we've seen with Clare before, maybe, you know, the 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 scars from from that monster final and the the regrets could be there to the fore. And if we plant a seed early, if we put the doubt in their head early, then who knows? And I think that's the key for Dublin is probably to make the run in a little bit to make sure that that Clare don't go through them early. Because I expect Clare, I think I agree with John, they're in a better place now. I think once they flushed the regrets out of the system as early as possible, the Tuesday they shouldn't, you know, after that monster final, that monster final is gone. And now it's all about Dublin. It's all about our game plan. Measure in Dublin. Get your analysis right. And see where I think Clare are going to be like savages. I expect them to be like savages early doors in this match. 
And a bit like Tip, I expect him to go and try bury Dublin quite early. So it'll be interesting, you know, if 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 they come that way, will Dublin commit numbers back around the middle? They like to congest the middle. So it'll be interesting to see, I think, tactically what'll happen. But I think Clare have to be a, a kind of a, a just a real ruthless version of themselves. Like if you look at the teams that can get you goals early doors and, and try bury the opposition early, I think that's what Clare need to do. And I expect him to come with that. They have to give Dublin the respect, as John said there. And by doing that, they have to attack Dublin at every opportunity. They have to convert goal chances when they come their way. But I think Michal who will love this from the point of view, right? It's year one. He's transitioning that Dublin team. There's a lot of new lads in there. And he has slowly but surely moulded them into a very functional unit, if not spectacular. And in Donald Burke, they have a guy who can really, really hurt them. So a few more are chipping in. So it'll be interesting to see what I think Clare have to make sure that they don't give away freeze. They're disciplined because Donald Burke will punish them. And, and equally then maybe do they tag him because he is he's the main man for them. Uh, he, he floats around the pitch quite effectively. He comes off the shoulder lovely and no angle is too too uh, off the charts for him. He can shoot from anywhere. So um, I think, but Clare needs to come out hard. They need to come out very, very hard and very, very ruthless at the start. But you just touched on Galway, you know, having 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 a gripe. They need to have a gripe. But you equally, you've seen Clare over the years, Eddie. When are Clare at their best? When they have oh, yeah. a gripe. When they have a gripe for the team. Like you even go back to as far back, remember 2004, we were after, you know, pulverizing Clare in, in, in the first round. We beat them by 19 points and they came out and they should have beaten me in the first game and yeah. then he beat, beat them in the re- replay. When Clare have a gripe, they're dangerous, dangerous opposition. And I just felt in the aftermath of last year's Munster final, I just don't think the gripe was, the gripe was there for, for uh, the Wexford fixture. I don't think the gripe was there for the Kilkenny fixture. But I think I, what you're saying, John, though, that gripe now for them is a cut at Kilkenny in the semi-final for last year. And that's not being disrespectful to Dublin. I think that's the way Clare have to be focused. Yes, they have to give them the respect and say, we have a job to do here. But if there was an incentive at the other end of it for this Clare team, the gripe that you're talking about, well, it's Kilkenny in the all Ireland semi. Well, and that's why that's why I think they're they're in a great they're in a great place. It, if they can jump these hurdles, show the dubs the respect they deserve and bring their A game. And 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 that's why I think, you know, if they were to get over the dubs the weekend, going into a semi-final, they'll have a gripe against Kilkenny. They'll most certainly have a gripe in, in the final against either a Limerick, a Galway, or a Tipperary. And that's where they are, are very, very dangerous opposition. And that's why I think this year, in contrast to last year, I think there are serious, serious contenders from, from here on in to, to go on and, and win Liam McCarty. But if you're a player, John, as well, and I know you don't, you cannot ever get consumed with a hurdle or two ahead. You have to look at them seriously. But in the back of your mind, too, you dream big or you say, God, hey, wouldn't this be someone learning to arrive into? You know, for Clare, if they could, like, they, they, there's, it's in the back of your mind. It is, because everyone has that ambition. Say, so now the ambition is to get to that All Ireland, try win that All Ireland. And they're looking at that going, Jesus, lads, if we can get to that All Ireland, you know, that's, that, that, that'd be some, you know, taken for them and then face up to Galway Tip, Limerick, potentially. But like you said there, they have to take care of business first on Saturday evening. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. And it sounds like there's going to be plenty of goals as the way you're, you're saying it as well um, at the Gaelic one. So Claire, obviously for both of you, um, look, before we go, just a word on Declan Hannan. Um, so obviously Limerick released a statement a few days ago saying he was out of the All-Ireland semi-final. Then there was speculation, could he make the final? Uh, could he be fit for the final if Limerick make it with that knee injury? Um John, he was at a media gig this week and he said he was hopeful of being fit. What are the options Limerick are looking at? And by God, will they need him back, you know, for the final? Because he's been such a tremendous captain for, for Limerick. Should they make that it that far, of course? Yeah, I just like to get a, a, Eddie's opinion on it. I just thought it was strange, the, the statement, three weeks out from an All-Ireland semi-final. And, and, you know, Eddie, in the, in the, in the last podcast we had, Eddie touched on, you know, from here on in, the, the pressure is going to be ramped up. And I just thought, is it, is it kind of... Getting to them? It, no, the kind of mind games or something like, you know, taking the bit of, the, the bit of heat off them in their garage, right? We're just going to throw this out here now, you know, and, and put the bit of pressure back on whoever, whoever we're going to be playing. I just thought the timing of it was, was very, very strange. And even like, you know, for a fella like Kenork and Kylie, who like to keep things you know, the cards close to the chest, you know, keep the opposition thinking. Are you giving the opposition, you know, kind of a little heads up to say, well, Jesus, you know, or a little bit of an advantage to say, well, look, you can go and plan now without Declan Hannon. And I just wonder, you know, yeah. could, we, could, we still, could we still see Declan Hannon in, in, in an all-earned semi-final? Because, like, I, like, if, if, like, Eddie, you were a manager. Like, if I was a manager, I'd be saying, well, look, we're just going to still still have the opposition thinking that Declan is going to is, is going to be playing and, and and let him plan for Declan being centre back and even you know you go back to the league final when when Declan was was missing for the league final now he's I think he was sick that morning but even when it was announced that Declan Hannon wasn't playing that morning everyone I actually think it probably maybe threw even Kilkenny that day as well like and even up in the even up the press box they, that day were saying. Could Kenny have, have have a great chance? And I don't know. I'm just I'm just my my mind is a bit bamboozled. The, the, the timing of it. I do. I I think John. If right, if we were to turn around, you can look at it from a lot of angles, right, and say, yeah, he's 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 given his player the hope that if you're fit, we you know you want your player working towards that, unless it's something radical that you go no. And I think Hannon, I'd say the body is just patched up at the moment. He's some warrior. And I think to have him starting on the pitch, you go back to the last time, maybe, and I know he's been off at different stages because of the game, modern. He came off early in 2019 semi-final till Kenny beat Limerick. So I think he's an important player to have on the pitch. But if I'm to go on the angle of, let's let's tie with the opposition's heads here a small bit. Let's, let's keep them thinking. And then suddenly on the warm-up or whatever, because the opposition are kind of to and fro. Next thing you have somebody maybe in wing back. You can guess two, three options. Maybe Kyle Hayes straight in centre. Someone else, Dan Morrissey goes out, Richie English in the corner, something like that. Now the opposition are kind of still left guessing right up into the throwing and it could mess with their heads a little bit, particularly if you're detailing someone a brief, you know, so wing forward, you're on Kyle Hayes, stop him running up the field. Now Kyle Hayes has gone centre back. Okay. So, do you know, it, it, you could say, if, if I'm to be a little bit devious with it here, they could be tying with the opposition if they wanted to go that way with it. Let's, let's have a little smoke screen over here and, and put them guessing a small bit. But the, the when you're, when you're Limerick, the I suppose, you have the luxury of doing that because they have such a strong squad. 
but the likelihood if, if, if you're the opposition and you're homing in and you're trying to plan for you know the, the, the semi-final v Limerick and you know you're, the likelihood you're saying well look they're either going to put Dan Morrissey centre back and they're going to put Mike Casey full back and yeah, Richie English so will go, will go corner or, or look Kyle Hayes will go in centre and you know Colin Cochran will go on the wing so you're kind of double double planning but what I'm saying is you know if 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 if, if the opposition thought that Declan Hannon was playing and then all of a sudden the, the morning of it it was announced that, or just an hour before the match Declan Hannon ain't going to be taken to the field well then the opposition saying oh shit right we, we, we weren't planning for that or you know yeah. we didn't think that, that, was, that, was, that was going to play out but on their own that look even back I'll take it back to 2000 now from a Limerick point of view they're probably throwing it back to the opposition to say you know well there you go he's out Sean Finn is out we don't know what way Keane Lynch that puts pressure back on the opposition. I'll take you back when 2007, when we played Cork. Remember that simple gate? Simple gate. Don Logue was suspended. The Rock was suspended. Sean Ogg was suspended for our meeting with uh, for, for our meeting with Cork. And I remember, you know, all that week, will they be playing? Won't they be playing? Then it was announced on the Friday they weren't going to be playing. And I was kind of like, fucking shit, right? They're not playing, but like, now we have to go and fucking win this game. And that fucking, I'll never forget the pressure of going into that game saying, Jesus, like, yeah, if we yeah. don't win this game and Parker, they want those three bodies. Like, what, what, what reflection is that going to be on us as a team that are looking to go on and challenge and, and, and win the All-Ireland that year in 2007? So maybe there's a small bit of that as well. But look, going back to it, lads, like, Jesus, like, it would be missing him if, 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 if he doesn't take doesn't see any action and, and if Declan Hannon doesn't take to the field for Limerick in championship they are a different animal and Sean Finn behind him as his wingman and Keane Lynch maybe in front of him the other plus for Limerick though as well is they can they can incentivize this to and, and look it's sink or swim for some lads to come in there but equally now Limerick are back in an All-Ireland semi-final and I think we've seen over the last couple of years that while the league form might be a bit different at times for this fella once he gets to Croke Park, he is a big day player, and that's Garrod Hegarty. I think, you know, he, he he has been phenomenal in the All-Ireland series over the last three years. I think he comes alive. The big the big day, the better he seems to play. So that's the plus for Limerick on other stuff. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it play, that plays out, because I think I agree. Without Limerick, without Hannon starting on that pitch, he is, to me, he's their maximus and that's it. And if he's not starting come championship, that's a real challenge for the rest of the lads. And it's one that they'll either do or die, they'll sink or swim on. Sinead, just before we go, I think it'll be I think we have to give him a mention. He uh he retired Jesse from from uh, from playing with Antrim. Yeah. Neil McManus. What a what a what a service. I think uh, you know all the plaudits are going out to you know the last the last twenty four hours. Neil McManus, I remember when did I first come across a Neil McManus, a young Neil McManus, he was 19, 2009, we played Cushion Doll in, in an All-Ireland semi-final. And the young Neil McManus was going up against the young Kevin Moore. And boy, God, what, what a battle. And I remember Kevin Moore in the afternoon saying, Jesus, this fella, you know, is, is, going to be a, is going to be a serious talent. And look at the career he went on and had. So, you know, congratulations to Neil McManus. Yeah. A, a great servant to his club, Cushion Doll. An unbelievable servant to 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 Antrim Ireland, and look, he's probably been the figurehead for for Ulster Ireland the last the last fifteen years. You know, you talk to likes the you know the uh, Samuel McNaughton's, 
Um, you know, the Alistair Elliott's, he's right up there with, with all the, the Liam Watsons, he's right up there. And he's just been, he's just been a, a fantastic role model for, for Ulster Hurling and uh, wish him luck in his retirement. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd echo that completely. I, I met the guy a few times, you know, real passionate hurling man. And uh, he's a guy that has even, even still the last couple of seasons, you look at how effective he is as a full forward and even phenomenal, I thought, the last couple of seasons, out around midfield. Like, he, you know, so... Um, he's a good guy and a probably probably a good influence on that young Antrim team coming through as well because they're they're building a good crew and I'm sure for them young lads looking at Neil McManus for the last what 14 15 years they've he's someone that they've they've idolised and looked up to so you wish him well. Absolutely, yeah. No, the very uh, best of luck to him and congratulations to him on his intercounty career. Lads, I'm already juiced up for the All-Ireland semi-final. Looking forward to that already, <laughs> the way you're talking about Limerick, not to mind the All-Ireland quarterfinals uh, this weekend. Look, uh, thanks a million for joining me. You're going to be back on Monday uh, to look back over those All-Ireland uh, quarterfinals. Uh, John and Eddie, thanks a million for that. And uh, thank you for listening. This is an Irish independent podcast.